and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing fantasy esports. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all of the information for educational purposes only. This week's guests are Stu and Jack Porter. They're the CEO and co-founder of Clout Fantasy. Clout Fantasy provides fantasy esports experience, including in-bat betting on esports. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Justin, thanks for having us, man. We really appreciate it and are happy to be on the happy to be on the podcast and excited to talk about esports. My pleasure. So, you know, to start, why don't each of you tell us a little about your past background, your esports and gaming experience and kind of, you know, how you got to where you are? Absolutely. I will try and keep it short, uh, but I, I tend to uh, rant a little bit here just because I, I get so excited about this stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll rewind back a little bit to kind of my intro to esports. Which is really growing up playing, you know, console-based games like Halo, uh, Call of Duty, and stuff like that. Um, this, you know, that outside of loving traditional sports, I knew my passions going into school and then beyond were revolved around sports and technology. So to really understand it, I wanted to go to the investing side of the business so I could understand what types of startups are coming in. Let's call the uh, intersection of esports and skilled wagering, or esports and gambling. And I was lucky, lucky, lucky enough to uh, join a family office that was taking investments into artificial intelligence, which is a conversation for another day, and then uh, sports and esports. So for the better part of three months, they had me doing research for different teams that they would want to take, uh, gain a stake in. This was an eye-opening experience for me. You know, outside of playing those uh, traditional sports-based console games, I really had no familiarity. For no other reason than there weren't people in my friends and network that were introducing me to the games that I loved and and focused on and working around today. Um, So three months go go on. I've mind blown by some of the numbers that I've seen from a you know audience uh, standpoint and the year over year growth there, the engagement from just the uh, esports community in general. And then as I mentioned before, I'm a fan of traditional sports. Uh, The similarities to traditional sports were very present, but more importantly the unique nuanced differences that the esports industry and ecosystem has to offer. Saying all that to say I was totally bought into this space around eight years ago. Uh, that being said, I am very open to say that most of my friends in this space or my mentors have been around for a lot longer. But what I've noticed is, you know, specifically in esports, people, if you're honest and candid, people are willing to help out. So they ended up making an investment into an organization in the UK called Fanatic. Uh, I had put a much, much smaller amount alongside just so I could get more exposure to that esports industry uh, from the team from the team standpoint went out to Shoreditch met those guys out there incredible group incredible organization and I was officially bought in so now that I had learned at what I felt like was enough to get you know get me going I wanted to start and work on the entrepreneurial side of things so I'd asked Raptor uh, in the group that I was working with before if I, if, if I could go work on and explore some entrepreneurial activities and while doing that work uh, with my own family office, Three Curve Capital. The first, uh, the first product and kind of a project I found was something called Play One Up. Uh, Play One Up was a peer-to-peer, tra- uh, console-based, traditional sports-based platform that allows people to play against each other in a safe, simple, and secure fashion. Uh, with a really heavy emphasis towards our users liking games like NBA and 2K and Madden, we, we were able to use uh, traditional sports athletes as influencers in the space, and that product started to grow. Um, the, the, fortunately, uh, the founder and CEO, Brandon Pitts of that company, 
kept it growing to the point where there was interest uh, from bigger outside parties. So what we ended up doing was selling my stake in that to a group called Engine Media Holdings. I recommend anyone look them up. They have a great portfolio of uh, esports-related companies around data, media, uh, and tournament infrastructure in general. Uh, but after all that, I said, hey, what is my next project going to be? Knowing that I am a big, big fan, as I mentioned earlier, of sports and technology and esports and technology, I wanted to do something uh, revolved around making a better version of daily fantasy sports, but not just daily fantasy sports, daily fantasy esports. Um, I had thought that, you know, you've got the DraftKings fan duels. I'm just listing off all the giants here that have had esports offerings in the past. How many people can you point to out there right now that have truly doubled down on the esports experience and tailored it to the esports audience? I know there are a few other groups out there, but we wanted to take a a, a different approach onto making something as easy as possible from the day, the traditional daily fantasy sports sports standpoint, but then tailoring that to esports. Um, I'll pass it over to Jack so we can learn a little bit more about him, and then I can get more into what we're actually focusing on with cloud fantasy. Awesome. Yeah. It's, uh... Give a little shorter rendition. I've been alongside Stu um, for the past eight years. Part of it, I was at uh, attending college at Indiana University. But yeah, I can remember all the way back from when Stu and I first got a Nintendo 64 and played Super Smash and GoldenEye and then uh, moved into more FPS and uh, some traditional sports gaming. And then I was absolutely blown away when I just started watching a lot of CSGO, a lot of League, um, some Dota 2. Uh, but when I really got to sit down and take a look at the viewership numbers for esports, I was uh, pretty blown away. And that's how Stu and I kind of have taken this journey. It's been from uh, from the investment in Fnatic over to Play One Up, and then kind of just diving into the actual esports community. So Cloud has been a, a special project for us. And um, to keep things short, I've been working alongside Stu for those past couple of years. Awesome. So before we get into cloud, I just want to, you know, follow up now that we got a little more information. So tell us, you know, you said you're involved in Fnatic, you know, what was that like? What kind of helped you decide why you might have invested in an organization? What did you learn being involved in it now that you now know years later? Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, I mean, for starters, you look at who's got, who's got a hold on this industry and has had an understanding for it for a while, right? Uh, I won't speak for anyone at the firm I was working for, but in my eyes, I thought their founder and CEO, Sam Matthews, is someone that has been in this game for longer than anyone that I can point to as far as building a team and an organization. So being able to talk to him and some of his people and understand what their vision was and how that, you know, from the ground level, they've been building this thing for over a decade and a half was someone that I knew, hey, they're not just going to, they're not going to just take what I think a lot of, not a lot, but some uh, let's call it traditional sports owners or high net worth individuals uh, and and create an esports organization and take those best practices from let's call it a team X from big city Y right and say hey I want to make an esports team I had to look for someone that has you know has been in this space for a while and has been building it up from the ground up and then I saw what they were looking at as far as the global approach right something that I was not familiar with with traditional sports is that, you know, you've got, I'm a new England Patriots fan. You, they, they might, you might be able to see some Patriots or Dallas Cowboy hats around the country outside of their regions, but there's, they're not focusing on creating teams, rosters in uh, based off different titles and genres throughout the world. Uh, that on top of the fact of their goals outside of just team and content creation, 
uh, their ability to sell their own peripherals, hardware, and merch. I think they've done a fantastic job with. So I really wanted to look for a team that you know was looking was not looking to make a quick buck, but would would give my investors the opportunity to say how I put it would say if you could invest in the New York Yankees or Dallas Cowboys a hundred years ago, would you? Uh, and this team was already on the rise, and they still in. From a competition, from a uh, you know audience recognition standpoint, I still think they do an incredible job of doing that. And I know publicly they just recently announced that they had uh, struck the largest European um, partnership contract in, in in the history of Europe in esports. So they're doing something right, and, and, and I'm very glad to you know. Uh, although I'm a very very small owner, I'm very glad to have been able to follow that story. And I think it gave me a lot of inspiration to okay, how do teams work? How do players react to teams? What do they like? What do they not like? And then trying to apply that to some of the own projects we're working on today, like Cloud Fantasy. Amazing. So, I mean, I think that, you know, like you said, you found an organization that has like a true track record. And I know they have the Fanatic Bunker, which is, you know, pretty awesome in itself. So mm-hmm. Cloud Fantasy, you know, so what is it? Tell us kind of about the formation of it and how did it all happen? Happy to do so. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, when I was looking at a different opportunity outside of play one up and not, for no reason other than I wanted to focus on what I would call different title. You know, I think a lot of people know there's console based sports gaming that a lot, that a lot, at least my network grew up traditionally playing, but with the research and time, I realized hey, there's a lot more out there and there's a bigger piece of the pie from a global standpoint of different games, the viewership and who's playing them. And I previously focusing on, hey, how can we get two people to play against each other? I wanted to focus on how can we get as many people out there to watch these games and, you know, have a little have a little stake in the game. We're not trying to get anyone like a traditional sports gambling book to spend 100, 200, 500 and up on these big bets. We're trying to have people, whether uh, if it's cash based, be able to put two, five, ten dollars across, let's say, at five contests that are going on at once. so my ultimate mission with it is, hey, there's already esports enthusiasts out there that are watching these games, right? And and if they had a, and I think they know that a lot of them know that there's options out there right now. But do I even feel like they have a, an experience that's truly tailored to them? And then what does that mean, right? Well, I'll get into the core three core features of Cloud Fantasy. Uh, we've got our we've got our research portion, our contest and format portion, which I'll get into, and then the streaming and tracking. So research, I, you know, I made the research for someone like myself, right? Uh, I think it's, you know, an esports enthusiast will be, might be able to tell you how many kills uh, player X got, let's call it one game ago, but they're not going to be able to list off every stat. So it's important for us. So it's like Roto World for fantasy. Exactly. And, we, and I also wanted to mention that part of this experience in general in, and let's just call it fantasy, not fantasy esports is... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From A to Z, you're going from I need to one, research to, so I can feel confident enough to join one of these contests. Two, I feel like I need to have a, chan- a winnable chance at this contest. And then three, where am I going to watch that? Uh, I'll make the traditional sports comparison one more time. I'm sorry. I know this is an eSports podcast, but I think we took a lot of the things that made it better through eSports. Um, with traditional sports, if I'm going to on, on DraftKings or FanDuel or a big name like that, I'm going to go on there and I'm going to have to look what contests are available and then start searching all throughout the internet, different websites on how can I optimize this the, the, this chance in this contest. We wanted to have that all in app in our player and team uh, in our player and team database. So once you know we're on iteration of one right now, where we've got a, a lot of great feedback and a lot of our users have told us that hey, this is actually helping me feel confident enough to join for some teams for some content matchups that I want to watch, but for some teams and players I might not be as familiar with. Um, moving on to the contest portion of it, which we call progressive prediction, it really differs from what you see in traditional fantasy. So in traditional fantasy, you're usually asked to has, to put together or formulate a roster based on what teams and players are playing that day. Um, what we, well, and then you're also given a budget for that. So let's call it 50000 of free money, and each player is worth a certain amount. Uh, so a better, a historically better player would cost more, and you need to budget that to formulate that roster. Uh, what we've noticed is that in those giant fantasy uh, platforms today, you've got more than, you know, or less than, 20% of the user base making more than 80% of the winnings on there. Yeah, all those bots uh, and the whales just messing exactly. up. Exactly, all the whales out there. So, and, and they're able to do that because one, they're incredibly smart, right? And two, they they put hours and weeks, not weeks because it's a week by week thing, but a lot of time into creating as many options as possible through their algorithms and their Excel spreadsheets. What we wanted to do was create a format that I uh, had mentioned, progressive prediction, which asks you eight different questions that are prop style. Prop style being like, will this player perform better than that player? Um, the, and those eight questions are spread across four question sets. That first question set's a team versus team question. So if it was League of Legends, I could be asking, which team will get first blood? The second question, the second question set is player versus player. So if it was call of, if, sorry, not Call of Duty, but CS:GO, it would be between these players in their in their uh in their positions who would have a higher kdr uh and you're going to select based on that player and their opponent or who you're matched up against who you think is going to win each one of these questions if answered correctly is worth 10 points if not you get zero the third question set is a multi-select question so instead of choosing between one or two people you have to choose who do you think is going to perform the best out of four different players um on, on any sort of question that we could offer and then the fourth question, which we, you know, we we really use as the tiebreaker, is not actually selecting something, but actually guessing a, a stat. So we call it the stat-based question. Uh, if it was to, let, let's say the question was, how many headshots will player X get in this match? If it, if the answer was twenty, you have a total of ten possible points there. So if I got twenty, I'd get ten points. If I chose fifteen, I would get five out of those ten points. So our leaderboards are based off of a point system. Uh, and obviously the most points you can get is 80, but with that last, that last stat question, uh, 
if there's any tiebreakers, they tend to be fixed through that. The last portion, which I really love, is the streaming and tracking portion, right? So to by signing in through Twitch uh, and then embedding uh, the, 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 the streaming platforms that everyone's familiar with, we allow you to go from researching uh, specific uh, re researching specific team and player questions then to being able to go to that progressive prediction contest which you can get through in about two to three minutes and then right from there you'll have a channel guide on our streaming page of what contest you're in what contests are live and for the contests that are, are that you are actually in and live you can seamlessly go back and forth click on that stream and then not only watch in app but also, be able to click a button which will act as an overlay screen to show you how all those questions are doing in real time and the ability to ability to check where you are in that leaderboard as the match progresses uh so we really like to call ourselves the hub of daily fan include the three critical parts of the fantasy experience into one place interesting so i guess that's kind of how you fix you know everyone using the same info because it's like everyone goes to roller world and everyone has the same cheat sheets and they know who's going to be the same sleeper but it's not essentially everyone using the same guy that everyone predicts is going to be a sleeper it's essentially more kind of figuring out what might happen like you said like who's going to win the coin flip who's going to catch the first pass it's not necessarily based on information it's kind of a little bit more like who knows Exactly. And then I would also add from a research standpoint and from a product standpoint too, right? Like we're building this, like I think I've seen a lot of great products built and platforms in the esports industry, especially from researches. We want as much user feedback as possible on this too, right? We're on iteration one, which a lot of people are loving. But we're building this based off the constant communication that we have with the gaming audience. And not only the gaming audience, but people that are old and new to this industry, right? Like I want, I don't want there to ever be a case where someone like myself who at age 15 would have loved all this is finding out about it at age 23, right? And it's only because I didn't have someone to, and to be honest at the time, it was intimidating in a sense to learn about these games just because they seem so difficult. Similar to how I am explaining my wife how, uh, you know, college football or League of Legends works or, you know, any sport out there. But without, the, without the friends and without the right knowledge base and a what I would call entertaining way to learn, it becomes tough. So that's really why we're making this, right? And and it's important that we focus on all three aspects, the research experience, the uh, contest format experience itself, which we wanted to make as easy as possible, and then the ability to actually stream and track. Like, what, what's the point of it if I can't tell in real time how I'm doing with, across five contests? We want people to feel as in tune as possible and to love this. And I know I had mentioned cash-based prizes earlier, but... One thing we're, we're focusing a lot on as the rest of the year goes on and then into 22 is what are other value props to the esports audience? Everyone loves cash and winning cash, right? But there's a lot out there that if you're entering a $5 contest with 50 to 1,000 people, there could be anything from experiences with partners that we'll be announcing to, uh, to, merch, sign, to sign merch, headsets, headsets. I'd love you to send me some more ideas via email after this. And then uh, looking into some some of the technological uh, advances that we've had too, right? With the introduction of NFTs, how great would it be if one of our partners was able to give a prize that was a uh, specific skin of a CS:GO weapon, um, or if, if it was a, an, a if we had a partner with a league or organization, and yeah, they or had fanatic, the exactly right. I mean, we're talking to a lot of these people now. Nothing official, uh, but the goal would be is how can we leverage 
you know, the stakeholders in the esports industry and give them a tool set to uh, let their audience watch their games or, you know, for uh, teams that are on the rise, how can we feature and put them on the map so we can bring users of cloud fantasy to potentially become teams of them? Interesting. So I know you mentioned that you could watch the live matches in the app. So what's kind of mm-hmm. the current process for licensing for fantasy purposes? I assume you're using team names and logos and player names. How does it all work? Do you deal directly with the game publishers, teams, or the players? Or, you know, give us a little interest in that. You know, that's a great question. It's not the first time we've been asked before. So we're a little bit in the, you know, the, the I keep using because baseball was my original sport. The first or second, I'd say second or third inning of the saga of where this is going, right? So for licensing, as far as the data itself and why would we have the the the, uh, the titles we have, which we're starting off with CS:GO and League of Legends, that's act they actually uh, license that to Sport Radar, which is a uh, a part a third party service we use to make sure that we have the highest integrity data on there. From a streaming standpoint, you know we what we're doing is is embedding Twitch. But having people sign on, so it's not like they're watching Twitch and Twitch isn't getting those eyeballs, or not, uh, and they're not able to actually view the uh, advertisements that would be shown. So anyone that's going on to Cloud Fantasy would be going on to Twitch, and that would be just another additional eyeball for Twitch. Um, obviously, the goal at the end of the day would be is create a relationship with Twitch through some of the people in our network, and we're still an early company. We've kind of taken a bottom-up approach of, hey, let's let's first talk to the fans here. Make sure they like what we're doing here. Then let's talk to the uh, influencers, organizations, teams, leagues, and if they all love us, then I think the publishers will catch on that. Hey, they need to they need to um, at least have the conversation with Cloud Fantasy because our goal isn't to take over. You know, it's to grow esports as a whole, right? And I think, as you know, and everyone knows, with publishers, it's, it's a case by case basis. Someone hold on to their data. Someone someone to see it as something that uh, they can you know, help, help give out and license, help grow the esports ecosystem as a whole. And we also, and, and with the streaming itself, I think, you know, we, we have a, we have a strategy here where the streaming for Twitch is just complementary to everything else, right? If, if we wanted to give a link and, and you had to sign on through somewhere else, that's possible. Right now we've had no problems with that. And, and we have a, you know, a multi-pronged approach of, it, of when those conversations start happening. If Twitch says they have an issue with that, we want to make sure that we are, you know, working with them and not against them, uh, because we believe that if we can bring more people through Cloud Fantasy to the world of Twitch, that you know, uh, it'll be a win-win for both sides. Absolutely. I mean, it's just kind of essentially if you're watching Twitch in like another app, it's just essentially you're on the official CS:GO or League of Legends stream, so you're a viewer for them. So it, right, it's very. Interesting. We're embedding something that they that they gave out that isn't that you know they make it available to embed and then we're making that a part of the experience we're not saying hey we're stealing viewers by uh copying this stream scraping it, and putting it on ourselves we're saying hey we want to take well, what are the best aspects of that make up the esports community uh you know as, as we also develop on the, our discord strategy to make sure people are as informed as possible twitch youtube gaming those are absolutely crucial parts and if we can c- continue to include all of those in there to really create this as an esports experience, not a daily fantasy sports platform with esports. I mean, you see, you'll see, and users or listeners will see that there's tons of tons of apps that are, someone's trying to create the next big daily fantasy sports app. But there, but my only concern with is it they're focusing on 
the actual daily fantasy platform technology itself and not focusing on the brand, the content, everything around it that will make people actually have uh, an affinity with what we're doing here. You know, um, we've been working on this app for a year and a half now. It would have taken a little bit less time, but, and I don't know how much time we have on here, but the big challenge was how can we make sure, because, you know, the fact is there's a lot of companies who are not, that we're a fully compliant platform within the skilled wagering um, realm. And, and if it's okay, I'll touch on that for a second. I think what a lot of people don't understand is how hard it is to get a skilled wagering. You can also consider that daily fantasy sports um, from a regulatory standpoint to be a fully compliant and, and, and operatable company. Um, what, what, what we had to do goes just across signing up for state applications, right? We also had to make sure that we can advertise ac- across um, the biggest platforms out there. And they all have, whether that's Instagram, um, Twitter, uh, Google, Google ads, they all have their own specific uh, requirements on what it takes to get on there. So I think I, as an entrepreneur, I thought I could lean into it myself and take care of all of that. It took, I had to get two different legal teams that are the best at what they do to help me complete that. And now we're at a point as of a few weeks ago where we've got a fully compliant app, uh, you know, a waiting list. Some users are already on, they're ready to go. And that leads me to our point of what, what's up in 2022. Well, that's new titles and then uh, announcing the partnerships and exploring for more partnerships that we have. Because, you know, I've learned from some of the best of the best around in this industry that partnerships really can be the biggest driver of revenue here, right? Um, and if we can do something where we can show that Cloud Fantasy, uh, whether that's a media outlet, whether that's a tournament organizer, whether that's a team, that we can act as a tool set to bring more engagement to you guys, whether that's through free-to-play contests through, whether and cash and prize rewards there for cash-based or, or cash-based contests with cash entries that lead to prizes or NFTs and everything I mentioned before. So we're in a good position right now, right? We, we, we've, got the, we've got technology that people love, and we've got a bunch of different directions we can go without trying to boil the ocean to make sure that we're appealing to every, you know, everyone in the esports community. I think I learned very early on that if we're going to have different titles, not every, not every genre not, uh, may be the same from an audience standpoint, right? Someone who watches League of Legends might be behaviorally very different than someone watches CSGO. And we want to make sure that as you know, we build this community, that we are tailoring uh, our specific matchups that we'll be hosting in our lobby and the content around that to those separate audiences within the overall esports community. Amazing. I mean, I think that it definitely sounds like you guys are really understanding what you need. And, you know, I think it'll be very interesting, especially, you know, if licensing processes might change based on if, you know, players associations get a little bit more involved, players get a bit more, um, you know, I guess aware of their likeness and, you know, their name and likeness rights and how that might be impacted. Do you see that, you know, shifting your focus or, you know, what are your plans? You, you know, not to give out too much strategy, but the first goal is, is, hey, like, we're not, it's not my goal to make the most money in the world here, right? I want to find, my goal is to make esports as available as possible and as fun as possible for people to watch. So, you know, similar to the NIL with uh, collegiate sports, we want to bring people in on this, obviously being very aware and working with our legal team on what we can and can't do since skilled wagering is technically a higher or is a high risk industry. But our whole goal and our whole pitch throughout 2022 will be is, hey, we've got the tool set, which I know I've mentioned three times. How can we use 
the audience, the blood, sweat, and tears that you've built up for that audience and get you rewarded on that. So, you know, from an individual to an organization and beyond, we're coming up with strategies and proposals of, hey, how can we cut you in on this to make sure we can all grow together? Interesting. So how big can esports gambling get? I know you kind of touched on, you know, the different intersections of it, but how bullish and how you know large can this intersection get? Yeah, I think like Stu said, there's kind of a, a few things to go about this. Like we are, at least from our perspective, see that this is in like the first second inning, if this was a baseball reference again, um, of just how big the esports community can get. But uh, since we only are focused on two titles right now and then expanding to four more or possibly five more in the in 2022, we're, we kind of only had data for League and CSGO. Um, but since there's since all those fan bases are very different and all the titles are very different, it could I th- uh, I think from both Stu and I's perspective, the the sky's the limit here. Um, I think CS:GO is traditionally more you see in esports betting, and I think League is is just very new to it. But I think um, in new titles, we'll we'll start to see how big it can actually get, which we see from viewership standpoint, uh, pretty pretty gigantic. Let me add a few more numbers to that too, right? So a couple of years ago, and I don't have the exact number today, there's over 50, this is a couple, couple of years ago. We know the year over year growth is insane. There's over 50 to 60 million people as a couple of years ago watching esports. This is just in the US, right? And this is where we wanted to start for feasible reasons, right? This is where we're from. Uh, Jack, Jack and I are both originally from Boston. Um, but from a global standpoint, you know, we've got, we, we, we've got hundreds of millions of people that are, and it depends what type of esports they're playing, whether it's on their phone, whether it's on a console, whether it's on a PC. But how we look at it is, and how I at least speak to the investors is, you know, you've got a comparable, uh, and this is all public information, uh, annual average user revenue of what's called somewhere around $66. Um, and we, what we believe we can do is get a cut with an authentic brand is acquire users very cheap because of the content content promotions like new user incentives anywhere from match and deposit to promo codes that we'll be giving them out to get them as retained users so our first goal really you know and and we're going to start releasing our first big giveaway and prizes over the next couple of weeks but our first goal is to hit the u.s market and if we can and and if we can capture you know a let's call it a hundred thousand of that 50 million plus uh from a couple of years ago We'll be in a great, great position. You guys can do the math yourself of what 100000 times $66 would do. That would put us off in a good position over the first two to three years. And, and I say that 100000 number because of some of the partnerships we're talking to and the audience sizes they have. You know, The penetration rate really needs to be so minimal for us to have success. And that's always, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, what we're trying to accomplish here is where's big markets where if you can create a good technology, a good solution – where it doesn't take a lot to get a lot of, where you don't have to penetrate too much of the market to get a lot of success. If we can penetrate that market to a point where, you know, we're way past break even, we're crushing it, that gives us the opportunity to then go expand even further. And the expansion that we're talking about is into different regions throughout the world, like the uh, Europe, Latin America specifically is where we're focusing on next after we find product market fit and ensure that our users are getting the best experience in the States. And then we want to look towards offering different types of um, uh, of formats and services itself, right? We started off with daily fantasy sports. Does turning this into a sports book make sense yet? We're not quite sure. We're just focused on making this the best 
uh, competitive entertainment solution for the esports consumer today. Awesome, and I, I know there's a you know lots of different ways. You know, you have the, the fantasy sports app, fantasy sports, and then you also kind of have this rewards where you're kind of taking whether it's teams or fans of different influencers, kind of rewarding them for watching or using or just participating. You guys kind of see yourself sitting at the crossroads of this, and how do you differentiate yourself from the other people that are kind of already working in this space? A great question. So as far as the rewards pro- rewards that you've talked about, it's something that's actually coming out within the next month for us. So we have promo codes and new user incentives, right? So that's stuff just to make sure that people can get on there and have cash to play free games uh, prior to actually you know, making a deposit and understanding they're going to love this product. From a differentiation standpoint, you know, we, one is that contest format itself. We've heard from everyone out there, uh, including, you know, people that have been introduced to different esports related gambling products that our format makes makes it so you can actually be you know it's fun enough to watch these matchups but due to the questions that we're asking you really are you really have to uh, watch multiple different parts of the game and if the game ends up being lopsided we've got these other questions in there that can all of a sudden make that a lot more interesting you know similar to traditional sports if it was a uh if it was a 90 to 70 basketball score game, we've got, uh, you might be done watching that, but if it was, who's going to score more, more points, the, uh, the center on the late Lakers or the center center on the, um, Boston Celtics, that might be a lot more interesting. We wanted to apply that to esports and get, allow users to, who are watching this stuff really have the ability to make not just one aspect of the game, who's going to win or lose fun, but everything else out there. Um, I mentioned the, the the three core features coming together, and then the third part is is just the content itself. We brought on a team a, a team that was uh, formerly working on one of the bigger rewards programs in the world. I wish I could speak to where that is, but uh, I cannot unfortunately. And then we're working with some people in the esports space to figure out what are the what are those exact rewards. We're not just talking about cash or free tickets to en- enter private contests, but rewards to gamify this right and as I've been talking about throughout this entire podcast, is we want this to be esports focused. So if you if you're someone that's playing, um, you know more than have more activity than anyone else, we want to reward you with that. Whether that's with badges, whether that's with uh, customized skins for the games that you play, uh, or just additional private contests where where um, you're in a community with friends that you can invite to it. We want to be able to do that. And something that we also want to focus on. Is, is that community and saying, hey, I don't want to just play against strangers, but I want to play. I want to create a contest with everyone in my Discord channel where I can then go say, hey, we've got our favorite team coming up, and I want my 10 other friends on this channel to hop in a contest, contest with me. That'll allow them to not only you know watch, watch the matchups that they all want to on the app, communicate through Discord, but also take it back. And then you know what we all like to do in the gaming is talk a little crap to each other and brag hence the name cloud fantasy of it, who has the most clout in that contest and that's what cloud fantasy is all about right it's fun, in, a, in a fun uh you know kind uh, kind might not be the right word but fun kind and playful way that's what this is all about right just like in esports being able to win being able to get that battle royale uh victor uh, victory royale in Fortnite, or uh setting off or not setting off that bomb in csgo it's all about that right so we want to apply that to fantasy. And I think if we create 
and continue to enhance the user the user experience to make it community focused where you can not only be winning cash but also rising through the ranks and getting that recognition through week by week or user leaderboards it'll give uh the esports audience a way to actually uh you know the way away for the esports audience to really connect with what they love about it which is engaging with others competing and then also watching the best of the best play absolutely and you know like you said with integrating with discord they'll give you know influencers the opportunity to host their own kind of you know beat the expert or you know who's going to do the best in the discord and let them kind of engage with their fans and maybe give a prize of themselves you know i know i do a lot of stuff on that end where you know, if you win something, maybe you get a round of Warzone with me, or you get to run in the park in 2K with a 2K player and an NBA player. So, you know, Absolutely. there's a lot of different ways to engage with an individual's community and kind of, you know, embrace them and get everyone in the, your own individual communities playing against each other and kind of, like you said, creating this competitive atmosphere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up unless you have any, we can go to questions after, but something I always do on here for stuff like this is how we approach, uh, investments from in esports, really any industry standpoint, how, and how we approach life and how we approach cloud fantasy and how I think we led to this conversation itself. So our, our family office and the inv- inv- investment vehicle we use to find pa- projects we're passionate about or want to incubate in is called three curve capital. And three curve was uh, a story that was passed down from my grandfather who said there's three curves in life, right? There's networking, learning, and earning. Unfortunately, most people try and prioritize and maximize that earning curve. What we want people to do and the mantra we live by is actually prioritize and maximize that networking curve. We want to meet as many different cool-minded subject matter experts out there. And if we feel like we, we make that you know, our biggest goal on a day-by-day basis, the learning curve will, uh, in consequence, grow by itself. So if that learning curve grows, we'll be able to find those opportunities and the earning should take care of itself. And that's how we feel about Cloud Fantasy, right? You know, the networking, we've been, it's been Jack, really, our head of partnerships, who's done a kick-ass job of meeting as many people about out there as possible, telling our story, telling our vision. We've learned a lot. And, you know, if we keep doing that, hopefully the earning will come. But as I said, from the beginning, our ultimate goal here is to get esports out to as many people as possible. And if they can do that through, you know, how I did with traditional sports, I had no idea anything about soccer, but I started using different apps, different gambling or skilled wagering daily fantasy sports apps. Now, now I know a lot more. And not only did I do that, it was fun. So if I can give that same experience in esports, I've done my job, and I'll be proud of, uh, you know, myself seven years ago, who, who really was struggling to find a way to get closer to the esports community from a viewership standpoint understand and i knew i'd always love it but to uh actually have a, a way on a day-by-day basis to see what's going in going going in uh, in and around the space uh, and enjoy it amazing well it definitely sounds like the future for clout fantasy is bright so you know i really like to end each episode with my three questions so what are your guys favorite games to watch jack I'll, you can go first and then i'll go yeah i mean i think with I, if we're saying right now, it's got to be League just because Worlds has been pretty incredible. Um, when Le- when it's actually a live event next year, um, hopefully we can attend. Uh, I'll be super excited for that. So right now for me, it's League because we got the um, semifinals happening this weekend. You know, and mine is CSGO. I think a couple of reasons why is 
coming into the esports industry, I was like, okay, this might not seem like it has the best graphics. Like, why is this so popular? But once I understood, you know, the purity of the game and the strategy behind it, I was a catcher in baseball and strategy was everything for me because, you know, I could see the whole field from where I was. And, and, and I think the also short, the short rounds for someone that has ADD like myself and has a short attention span <laughs> is, is incredible. And it, it's something that I've continued to enjoy. I'm obviously rooting for my team Fnatic all the time, but now a lot of different teams and more so just great competition. But CSGO for me has been something that's caught on over the last few years. And then uh, now I'm, I'm watching a lot more Valorant. Awesome. Well, those are definitely all good ones. So what about your favorite games to play? Jack, once again. Yeah, I've been. It's been most of my time has been spent in actually watching um, rather than playing. Um, I think I, I haven't got to play it in a while, but um, my friends I actually randomly picked up Fortnite again in some in some late nights. Um, but Fortnite and then probably CS:GO. But yeah, it's mostly miss in this time. Unfortunately, it's a lot of watching rather than playing. Right? Isn't that what all the esports people say? Like, I don't play I video games. I think that's a traditional answer, but that's the unfortunate truth. You know, I don't get enough sleep, so I, I, I would be lying if I don't say I play that. I, I've been playing all the time recently, just in the later hours. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get better at Valorant. I know I just mentioned that earlier because I was at the point where I was, you know, getting ready for this product to be ready, and I wasn't had, had, had no time to play. But I also realized, hey, if I'm going to be representative in this industry, I got to make some time to understand how these games are progressing, what's changing. Um, but going back a little bit further, I have to say it was definitely Halo just because that's what I was introduced to. And I think from a, you know, group party standpoint, I can't think of more fun memories growing up, whether that was big team battle or, uh, you know, some of the maps like guardian and everything else out there with just some late nights and pizza, uh, on a Saturday with my buddies. And, And that's my whole goal now, right? Is those guys that I know would love that love to play today. If I can bring them cloud fantasy, I think they'll say, hey, whoa, wait a second. I love these games too. So I, not only are we going to attract the esports enthusiasts, we're going to attract all the people out there that just need the proper introduction so they can be enjoying a lot of the newer titles today. Awesome. So you know, what about your favorite video game character, Mario, Luigi, Pikachu? Ooh. Oh, I know mine. Jack, do you want to go? Yes. With Stu saying this, I think I got to go with Master Chief from Halo, but I, he's, he might say the same thing. But I nope. mean, Master Chief is, is the OG for me. My favorite character, and I'm sorry I don't know his name, but is the main character from Red Dead Redemption 2. I think he's one of the bigger badasses of all time. <laughs> okay. Um. So, yeah, I mean, this was amazing. Thank you guys so much for joining us. So tell everybody where they can check out the app and you know when it's going to be released and kind of the steps with that. Absolutely, and I appreciate that. So Cloud Fantasy can be found on uh, the Google Play Store as well as it's available for iOS on, on, on the Apple Store as well. Uh, I want to, make, want to make sure everyone's looking out. Uh, you can check it on our website and subscribe to the newsletter that we will be releasing. Some pretty big cash and prize-based contests, whether that's a monitor, headphones, over, uh, over the next couple of months in 2021. And then in the beginning of the new year, while you guys are checking out Cloud Fantasy, make sure to look out for the titles that we will be releasing. That's one thing I could not be more excited about. I wish I could touch on it more, but I think with the expansion of titles and then the constant uh, conversations we'll be having with all the users on our app, the, the, this this platform has you know nothing but potential for, for it to be uh, what, what I would call the leader of esports when it comes to skilled wagering and fantasy. 
Awesome. Well, you know, thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J-E-S-Q. Check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. 